Crunch Time! Crunch Time! You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch Time! Crunch Time! All right, Kansas City, welcome to Crunch Time on the road again here at CBD American Shaman at 15, uh, it's 151.65 West 119th Street, right in the Super Target parking lot, right next to the GNC. Come on in. Hey, Frank, the first, I guess it's nine now, but it was ten, but the first nine people that comes in here and says hello to us will get you some of that Tiger Woods. Oh, we're not allowed to say that, but the CBD gum that a certain golfer was using during a certain tournament they won a certain major uh yeah he was chopping on that so yeah guys uh, come on in and say hello to us got some great deals here frank what's give us the deals that they have going on right now yeah we got uh, if you buy two 300 uh milligrams of water soluble or 300 milligrams of cloud you will get one free plus we said now the first nine people over the age of 18 uh who come in through the door while we're here this hour They'll get a package of CBD gum. That's right. We'll get you guys some CBD gum. So come on in, guys. As you guys know, we are Crunch Time on the road, the road show. Uh, we are on the road every Wednesday night. We'll be on from 6 to 7, and we're on from 7 to 8 sometimes, depending on some scheduling things. But we'll be on every Wednesday at a CBD store. Next week we're in Overland Park. We'll get more information on that later on. But a lot of stuff going on in Kansas City. Uh, you know what? When you think you're prepared for a show, uh, just wait 10 minutes in Kansas City yeah, lately. Throw all the script out. And uh, something changes. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit here about the Tyreek Hill situation. We'll also talk about Frank Clark. Uh, we'll touch on the draft. Uh, but, you know, just listening to Keats and, 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 uh, and listening to the Johnson County District Attorney, a lot of in- interesting information. Frank, you can go through what uh, all the logistics are. I'll kind of give you my take as an ex-player and my take as a dad, yeah. uh, and and we'll go through that a little bit. And then I have a good buddy of mine who is very, very familiar with the legal system and very, very familiar with these kind of cases, and he actually sent me something on Monday, which, which really, really fits in exactly uh, what the DA did today, and there'll be a little bit more information, so stick around. We'll give you some, a different angle on that. But, Frank, uh, you are the, uh, uh, the the note-taker. Last week you predicted all the games, uh, the chief games, be, before the schedule came out. Talk to us a little bit about some of the stuff you jotted down about this Tyreek Hill situation. Yeah, and, and don't forget, Nate Taylor, who was in the district attorney's office today, will join us in our next segment. And uh, the one thing I'm really interested to get, the take from Nate is we heard the district attorney. You could tell from his voice he was extremely frustrated. I want to get a feel from Nate what he looked like when he was standing up there and how angry that Steve Howe, who's a Johnson County district attorney, looked. So um, uh, both Tyree Kill and uh, his uh, fiance uh, were actually basically no charges were brought against them. Uh, it was been investigated by the uh, Children's Services, and also by the Overland Park Police Department. They reviewed the case. They declined to file charges today. But immediately after saying that, as you heard on Kevin twice today, once when it happened live and then once when he just replayed it just a few moments ago, the district attorney was deeply troubled because, and I think this is the key sentence in the whole thing, they believe a crime did occur inside that home that day, but they just don't have enough evidence to be able to prove it 
basically three people in the house. It was uh, Tyreek, his fiance, and that young three-year-old boy who ended up with a broken arm. He was very troubled uh, because they're trying to protect people who cannot protect themselves, not just young kids, but also the elderly. And uh, it really bothers them that they couldn't do anything about it. So that's basically it. That They are the cliff notes from uh, Steve Howell today, the Johnson County District Attorney. And you could tell that he was uh, not a happy guy that they could not bring charges here because they do believe that a crime was committed. I think one of the questions asked by one of the reporters uh, uh, there today was, did the system fail the child? And he said, yes, I believe it did. And he was very, very frustrated. So, And the child now has been actually taken from the home. I don't believe the child is back in the home, although he would not elaborate on that. But I think when you read the email you're going to read from you know your legal expert on this, you'll see how these things work. And it, it takes a while because if they want to get the child back into the home and with his mom and dad, they uh, they take their time doing it. But the ultimate goal is to get them reintegrated, reintegrated and reunited with their with their uh, their family. Yeah. So uh, as as I think we all feel here in Kansas City, this this wasn't a victory in any sense of the word for anybody. Uh, you know, there was a crime committed. Uh, they didn't have enough evidence. This is not something that is special for a celebrity. This is not something that is special for a Kansas City Chief football player. This is not something that's special to a, um, you know, a, an upstanding big-time member of the Kansas City community. This is the rule for everybody, okay? If they do not have enough evidence, they cannot bring a case uh, to court. They just don't have enough evidence for one reason or another. I think we all can read between the lines and kind of behind the curtain why they don't have enough evidence. Nobody's saying anything about the other person, whether it's Tyreek or his, his fiance or his fiance or Tyreek. I don't know. I think only they know. And if people did know, then there would be some charges taken up. So this is not something that because he's a Kansas City chief football player that he's getting away with something because that's our legal system. Now, Frank, you know as well as I do, the legal system, and that's the great thing about our country, and really the great thing about our legal system is that they would rather have guilty people walk free than to prosecute and uh, arrest and, 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 and put in jail an innocent person. Yes, they would. So we've seen this in our community. Uh, just recently, I was trying to look up the name. I didn't get it together, but there was a, a gentleman who just last year was in jail for like 30 years over a rape case and a murder case or whatever, and he was innocent. And that is a crime and a travesty of justice. And you can't have it both ways. Okay, so if if, if you're going to say, well, they should bring this case up, but they don't have enough evidence that, you know, they can't do it because it's just the way our legal system works, and we don't want to see innocent people go to jail. And we do not want to see innocent people being prosecuted for something that they didn't do. So that's the way our legal system works. So basically, that's what. Remember, the child services is still investigating this, and the punishment for Tyreek and his fiance could be just as bad as obviously going to jail is really bad. But how about not being able to see your child? That could be the worst case scenario. And then the other 
case scenario would be that they have to go and, and see their child under supervision. Now, I've talked to people that have been in this situation before, Frank. I don't know if you have, but every time you're under supervision, whatever you do to your child, whether you're hugging them or you know, you're playing on the floor or you're tackling them, everything is looked at with suspicion because you know that their job is to make sure that that child is safe. So everything that you do, the little things you do when you come home for work with your kid, they look at that in a negative kind of way. They're trying to find out if you're doing something and that is a horrible way to interact with your child. Oh sure. And then the next thing is that you know they you know they may not have their child in that home for a long time and so there is punishment there and, and I have a feeling that, that that's going to happen in the NFL because the the DA said, hey, there was a crime committed, that to me uh, gave an opening for the NFL to suspend Tyreek Hill for a number of games. I'm not sure how many it's going to be. It could be as little as two. It could be four. It could be eight. It could be a season. I really don't know. And and and, and, and I'm going to read this 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 paragraph here, and you'll see that that the legal properties cannot be shared. So. A child in need case is strictly okay, confidential. This is from your friend. Now yes. you're reading his his email. Okay. A child in need case is strictly confidential. The public is not allowed to know anything about it. No one other than the interested parties are allowed to attend or know anything about the case. Someone was leaking information to Channel Five, and I'm assuming the judge handled this case, who was handling this case, is not very happy about this becoming public. Same thing with the initial police reports. Someone tipped off the media. The ultimate, uh, the ultimate deal is for this child in need care case is not to have the public information out. So we don't do not know when the case will be resolved and what happens to the child. His assumption is the child will eventually be reintegrated into the home unless something else happens. He might already be back in the home potentially. Another fact that he said is the fact that Tyreek and his fiance walked into court together makes it unlikely that criminal charges will be filed. And I got right. this on Monday. And he was right. Unless this happened in public, there are no witnesses as to what happened. This does not make it right, but you cannot prove a criminal case if this happens in a home and neither adult is giving a statement. Next fact, the chiefs cannot comment on this situation. So if people were thinking, well, the Chiefs are going to come out now, uh, uh, Clark Hunt's going to come out and comment on this situation, or the Chiefs are going to come out and comment on this situation, they cannot comment on this situation uh, because all this should have been confidential. The NFL will likely suspend him, uh, but the Chiefs are correct at this time to not comment about a confidential situation. All right? So you heard the DA, Frank. The DA said they will not most likely share any of the information right. with the media and the NFL. Well, why am I saying media and the NFL? Because in the in the DA office and in the state of Kansas minds, the NFL and the media are on the same plane. Right. It, it, it has nothing to do with, well, it's their employer, it's this or that. The NFL is a big, powerful entity. It, it's all the same. These are closed files. And it'll be very, very unlikely that the NFL will ever see what's in these files. Okay, here's the other situation here for me. Okay, so you have to, well, if the DA or whatever, they weren't sharing anything with the Chiefs. It's interesting to me that the Chiefs would then go out and trade for for Frank Clark, who has a little bit of a background here. It's a domestic violence problem, stole a laptop at one time, got thrown off the Michigan football team. 
Uh, he also, when he was in Seattle a couple of years ago, uh, came up from behind one of his teammates and punched him in the jaw and broke that teammate's jaw. And you're just wondering, what are the Chiefs thinking here? Because they've had, remember now, we're not just talking about Andy Reid's situation, but Joe Von Belcher's situation was before. Uh, we've had Now we've had Kareem Hunt. Now you've got Tyree Kill. Now you've got another player at risk, basically, is uh, is Frank Clark. So to me, it was sort of interesting. I was sort of taken back when they decided to trade for, you know, and give up a first-round draft choice for Frank Clark. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what I think think the NFL as a whole does in these situations, whether you like it or not. If it happened before they were in the NFL, I think that they're giving these guys the benefit of the doubt. If it happens while they're in the NFL, then they will be held accountable for what they do. So what they're basically saying is, hey, listen, we're going to investigate. We're going to talk to all parties involved. We're going to talk to the coaches. We're going to talk to the the professors, we're going to talk to the the people that serve food at the at the training table. We're going to talk to the old coaches. We're going to go to his old you know teachers. All those kind of things. All the people that have been involved with this young man and ask questions. Because I've been involved in this guys. Because when Shane Ray was being drafted, I was interviewed by six or seven directors of uh, security for. NFL teams for at least an hour, hour and a half, asking all kinds of questions. And by the way, the questions would turn around and be the same kind of question asked in a different way 20 minutes later to, to see, see if, if you're, you give the same if answer. you're, you know, yeah. try to trip you up yeah. because, you know, they're going to ask you one question and then they'll, because uh, they, they want to, you know, they want to make sure you're telling the truth. And when you're being grilled for an hour, you can ask anybody if you've ever been in that situation, you know, if you're not telling the truth, you're going to slip up. So, you know, that or you get confused. Yeah, so what What I think, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, now listen, most of the people that have, have been contacted in Seattle, and I talked to a couple of people in Seattle, and a couple of people, quite frankly, in the front office, that say, hey, listen, he's a good guy, he's an intense person, uh, he, he's, he, he's a football player, he's a nasty football player, uh, you know, between the lines, He's nasty. He's tough. He's physical, and he does. He's and he talks a lot, but but he has been okay up in Seattle on the other side of the line. Yeah, right. Well, well, my whole deal with him is that's what you want between the lines. Yeah, you want the nastiest guys you possibly have. The problem is the fact that you ask people to do that between the lines, and then as soon as they cross back over the line, head to parking lot for the car, you ask them to turn it off. It's just a it's lot tough of to their, do. A lot of their personality is based on being that that person that is between the lines playing football game and not the person who's out in public. They have trouble turning it on and turning it off, and I think that's where some guys get in trouble. So, yeah, to your, to your point, Frank, you know, it's, it's unfortunate a lot of these situations have come back to bite the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. a little bit. Um, I mean, they can't say – I'm sorry, but their track record, Michael Vick ended up okay, all right, because he repented, and I think he went with the SPCA and he, doing all kinds of things. He was in the dogfighting situation but you know as far as Kareem Hunt he lied to them and did his thing Tyree Kill we're not sure if the Chiefs have even talked to Tyree Kill about this or if they can even talk like you said they can't make any comments I'm wondering if they're even allowed to talk to him or ask him about the case at all but you're in a situation where if you're the NFL your football coaches and and, and and general managers, you're not psychologists. I mean, you're not guys or even psychiatrists who can get really deep inside these guys' brains and see what makes them tick. 
until, you know, something happens. Yeah, and let, let's hope that, you know, listen, now he's a Kansas City chief. Uh, and All right. He, you know, I'm talking about, ask you talking that about Frank too. Clark. He's a, he's a, oh, Frank, Yeah, yes. Frank Clark. I was back on Tyreek. Yeah, no, Frank Clark okay. is now a Kansas City chief. Right. As you guys know out there, we traded our 29th pick in the first round for Frank Clark. We'll get into the logistics of that here in a second, but let's kind of close out our little train of thought here about uh, about the situations and how they kind of intertwine a little bit. But, um, you know, he's now a Kansas City chief, so, you know, I am sure that the Hunt family, uh, Clark, uh, has – if he hasn't talked to him, he's talked to Veach and he's talked to Andy, and in here, in, in here, here's the dirty little secret of this deal: Veach hasn't had one of these yet, okay? Because he didn't pick Hunt, and he didn't pick Tyreek, and he wasn't personally responsible. So Brett Veach could go to Clark Hunt and say, "Listen, Clark, those guys were not under my watch. You got to trust me." You hired me to do this job. You hired me to bring in the best football players. I've done my homework on this young man, and I think that he's okay. All right? So Clark probably said, listen, okay, you're going to get your chance, but don't screw it up. Yeah, right. So to be brutally honest with you, Brett Veach has got his you-know-what's in advice over this whole situation, giving up your 29th pick and bringing in a kid who's got some baggage. I'm hoping for the best. I hope he has 15 sacks next year and helps his defense get up into the top 20 and the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Super Bowl because this is the kind of move that can help the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. Just like Johnny Cueto helped the Royals go to the Super Bowl. Just like Ben Zobris helped the Royals go to the Super Bowl. I mean, excuse me, to the World Series. So sometimes you have to go and you have to get some experienced guys and put them in in key situations and key positions and, and hope that that will propel you to a Super Bowl. Because guess what? Kansas City Chief fans are pretty damn sick of not going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think that's part of all this, too. Let, let me ask you a question. Uh, the NFL suspends Tyree Kill. No charges were filed against him. Okay, we know that. Does he, let's say he's not suspended at all. I'm sure he's going to get suspended. But will he play whatever games are on, you know, he can play without being suspended? Will he play those games for the Kansas City Chiefs? Or if will they if, trade him, or will something happen that he will not be a chief this season? I think Tyreek Hill, and this is just my gut feeling, that Tyreek Hill will be running out of the tunnel in September with a Kansas City Chief uniform on, and everybody will be cheering for him. Okay. That's your prediction. That's my prediction. All right. Well, we're going to have Nate Taylor on here. He's from The Athletic, and Nate was in the courtroom, to, not the courtroom, he's in the district attorney's office today with a bunch of other reporters, and they were talking about the Tyree Kill situation. I want to get his take on it. He's the one, basically, that, that called the Frank Clark trade uh, almost whatever exactly they were going to do. So he's on top of this, and we are going to uh, talk to Nate here in just a few minutes. But don't forget, we are at, we're at this is a Crunch Time Roadshow. We are at CBD American Shaman. It is at 15165 West 119th Street in Olathe, 66062. Still have nine of those uh, gums left for you in here. So walk in. The CBD gum, we're going to give you a free sample of CBD gum. Also, if you buy two 300 milligrams of water-soluble or 300 milligrams of cloud, you're going to get one free. So come on in. See Tim and I. Get yourself some CBD gum. Check out what you're doing with with CBD American Shaman. Figure out how this stuff can help you. Tim uses it. I use it. We're going to tell you something, folks. This stuff works. So come on down and join us. 
We're going to get a hold of uh, Nate Taylor from The Athletic. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes, continue our discussion about Tyree Kill, Frank Clark, and what the Chiefs end up doing next, and if and or when Tyree may get suspended by the NFL. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Uh, You're on. I'm on. Okay, good. You know what? You turned my volume down so much I couldn't even hear myself talk, Frank. You quit touching my buttons. I love you, though. Oh, hey, boy. so uh, we are back here at American Shaman in Olathe, right off 119th Street, right next to the GNC in the Super Target parking lot. Come on in. Uh, hang out with us. We'll give you guys some CBD gum if you come on in and, and hang out with us for a little bit. The stuff that that a uh, certain golfer used uh, to win the Masters. I'm not going to say who that was. <laughs> but uh, but we are going to bring in a guy who, I, I'll tell you what, has been just on fire over the last week and, and has just been on these two stories the uh, frank clark and the tyree kill story and covering with the atlantic he's a beat writer for the atlantic the athletic athletic uh sorry jeez, please uh so much stuff going on hey how about this you know what we were getting ready to talk about the 29th pick about 48 hours ago <laughs> hey nate can you imagine if we still had the 29th pick i mean how could you care how could you talk about all these different subjects <laughs> no that's a good point i mean it's this is probably one of the most busy, uh, turbulent weeks in, in the Chiefs' uh, history in terms of, like, the week of the draft, I should say. And so it's, um, you know, but there, it, anything can happen, right? I mean, there's still some debate as to whether Brett Veach, and I think it's a small chance whether he uses two second-round picks to move up to the late first round tomorrow if the board kind of goes a certain way or if there's a prospect who is really talented but falls. So who, who knows? But with the Tyreek Hill situation, or at least the criminal Part of the investigation essentially is concluded today. Them trading for Frank Clark, who has his own sort of past episodes uh, that involve legal issues and, and legal troubles. Um, it's it's a it's an odd time for the team to try to build the roster, but also understand that there are two players who are still sort of surrounding this whole domestic violence, uh, child abuse, and neglect situation. And what's to come of of all this when we really kick the season off in August and September? Uh, okay, we were talking to Nate Taylor from The Athletic. He covers the Chiefs for The Athletic. He called the Frank uh, Clark uh, trade, including the first-round draft choice and the way they maneuvered down for some, some other draft choices and swapped things around. Uh, but what I want to touch on first, let's talk about Tyree Kill first. And the thing that happened today with Steve Howell, the Johnson County District Attorney, mm-hmm. you were there. Okay, you yeah. were in his offices. What was the body language right? Uh, I heard him on the air. You could tell from his voice he was not just frustrated; he was angry. What did he look like? Yeah, and I'm you know I'm finishing my story now for the Athletic, and I would encourage anybody to, to read it whether today on our app or website. But what I understood the moment Steve Howe walked in the room was okay. This did not go the way that investigations are intended, and, and the purpose of them or how they're so should play out. And two, when you, when you hear Steve's voice, I mean, it's, it's unusual for a district attorney's officer to basically say, we can't charge a crime, but we wholeheartedly believe that um, Tyreek Hill's son, the three-year-old, was abused in some manner and enough to be, you know, put on a criminal charge. Uh, the, the 
the district attorney's office did not charge either Tyreek Hill or his fiance Crystal Espinal, and that's a very important uh, detail too, because those are the only two other individuals that we know that are surrounding this incident that involved a three-year-old son and, and what allegedly happened to him, perhaps a, a broken arm uh, that we can see on like, you know, the child's Instagram page that was created by his parents. So it's, it's complicated. It's sort of a dire situation is what I, is what I leave from it. And the understanding that he had to, you know, Steve Howe had to show restraint and not revealing any real details because it's, is a case that does involve a minor and you need to protect uh, those people who cannot necessarily protect themselves. But he also showed just this visible, just sadness, frustration, anger, whatever you want to call it to where like, this isn't, you know, this is not the job and the criminal justice system designed to do what it's supposed to do. In fact, um, we have all these things in place and we're never really going to get to the bottom of it or we can't really charge anybody for the crime that he really believes was committed sometime in January. And, you know, the investigation started in March, and now it's being concluded basically the end of April. We're speaking with Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Nate, I I thought the DA did a really good job of trying to explain the decision without, uh, you know, the ability to comment on an ongoing child in need case. And that's not an easy thing to do. And and I felt felt the frustration from – Everybody in the room, uh, but let, let's get to the. I thought it was interesting on the side of the NFL is that that and, and I had a, a guy text message me said I don't think the NFL is going to get any access to these court records either. Is that no. the same feeling you got? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 going to be near impossible unless the NFL somehow infiltrates the district attorney's office or the Overland Park Police and get documents or a part of the evidence, if not all of it. Um, that is probably going to be sealed. And that was something that, that you mentioned, Tim, that, that, that Steve Howe tried to explain, I think, in really good detail, that, hey, this involves a minor. There's still a like, child and family services investigation as to who should, like, you know, be the child's guardian or parent or who should overlook the child or where the child should live. Like, we can't, we can't really delve into that yet because that hasn't been concluded. But with that, there's still this understanding that, like, we're going to seal this information in – you know, the NFL goes to great lengths to try to get information when these players are involved in criminal acts or there's allegations of misconduct. But it just appears to me, based on everything that I know, how the league sort of operates itself, they can only make requests similar to, like, you, me, or any other company. But the police, if they feel like it's it's not right or it's not a legal thing for them to give to an employer like the Kansas City Chiefs or the NFL, they just won't do it. So... The NFL is going to probably be in a situation where they have to look at Tyreek Hill from a player conduct standpoint. Did he violate the player conduct code in the NFL's rulebook? And if that's the case, will this be something similar to what I would describe as the Ezekiel Elliott situation where he was never charged or arrested, but he obviously was, he obviously faced a, I think it was an eight game suspension that was reduced to six, but obviously was reduced into four. So, could that be in the future of Tyreek Hill? I think that's very possible, that he could still face a suspension, even though the NFL may not get all the information or all the facts that occurred in this incident in January. You know, all the cases are different. I, I, I often think back to the Adrian Peterson thing, where mm-hmm. he thought, like, oh, I didn't know it was a bad thing to, you know, spank my kid with a stick or a switch. Right. This was mm-hmm. the way I was raised. Uh, so, you know, how can the, is the NFL, their hands have to be tied here. Because 
you know, there's there's no evidence that they can look at. Now, I agree with you. There's a way that they can find out through the o- Overland Park Police somehow. You know, there there's guys that are friends with this. They t- give us little hints, but there's nothing concrete. So, uh, you know, what's your gut feeling? What's the NFL going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, Roger Goodell has power that overreaches even legal ramifications, right? So th- there's yep. still a chance for him to suspend Tyreek six to four games, possibly. Um, but that would basically be on his judgment. That would basically be his call. It wouldn't necessarily have, like, the evidence that you mentioned that would support, hey, here's a precedent that we have previously. Here's what a player did that was somewhat similar to what we allege or what we believe Tyreek may have done. So, therefore, it equates to this amount of games of a suspension. What the Chiefs will tell you and what they will tell the league is that he was never arrested. He was never charged. They have dropped all criminal charges. Um, there is still a possibility, and I'm writing this in my story, there's still a possibility as of next month that the boy could eventually be returned back to his parents in terms of full custody after the child and family services investigation is concluded. So the Chiefs could go to the league and say, legally, there's nothing here. And if you don't have anything that you can show us or that you can show the general public from Roger Goodell's standpoint, is there really a chance for him to be suspended under the, you know, violating the player's misconduct policy or the player's conduct policy is there any chance of that happening and so it's really up to roger goodell and and how he sees fit and obviously this is sort of a pr stance and obviously there's a bigger picture in terms of the nfl and it's you know domestic violence or violence against women and minors um but to be fair the chiefs are going to try to say look we, we went through the nfl and we let the legal system play out our player has been not exonerated necessarily, but he hasn't been charged, and he's not going to jail, and he's not been arrested as we know it, so let the man work uh, the way he should be allowed to work based on the legal system. All right, we're talking Nate Taylor from The Athletic. Okay, I, you know, I would agree with you, or I, I would agree that nothing would have happened to him if Steve, if Steve Howell, the Johnson County District Attorney, walked in today and said, no charges. We are not going to file any charges against Tyree Kill and, and Crystal Espinal and then turned around and walked out. Okay. But he with that one point. sentence yep. with that one with that one sentence, he's deeply troubled because he believed a crime had occurred. Yep. A crime was committed. Uh, we believe a crime was committed was the was the full sentence right. he, he said and if Roger Goodell wants to use that as a mechanism to, you know, say, hey, look, you know, you may never have been proven, you know, legally, uh, we as a league and our own enterprise can make the decision to, you know, uh, suspend you in some manner, shape, or form. And then obviously that goes to the Players Association, where the Players Association would, I would assume, tell Tyreek and his agency and the Chiefs to try to um, at least appeal such a thing so that, uh, there isn't a precedent set forward as to, hey, nothing legally happened, but, you know, a district attorney basically said he believed a crime was committed. Doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he was charged or he was pinned with that crime and then was sent to jail, but that's sort of the legal back and forth you're going to get, over, I think, over the next few months if Roger Goodell comes out in, say, July or June before training camp and says, hey, Tyreek Hill has a four-game suspension or a five-game suspension or a six-game uh, suspension, because of these things, specifically what you mentioned, Frank, the fact that someone of legal expertise believes that, although they can't prove it, they have a strong sense that Tyreek Hill abused his own son uh, big enough for it to be uh, charged criminally, even though they chose not to do it based on the little evidence that they had. 
Okay, then uh, before we move on to the Frank Clark situation, that trade you called so beautifully this week earlier, um, your gut feeling, does he get suspended by the, by the NFL? Yes. <laughs> um, but, there, but there is also a different tone to this, right? Like, Roger Goodell's been pretty hard on players. But another aspect, which I don't want people to forget, is the whole Robert Kraft situation, right? Robert Kraft was under right. legal investigation. Um, he has basically been able to almost, you know, walk freely amongst us. He won't face any <laughs> any jail time. Um, so there is some similarities here. And, again, this goes back to what the players' union will do. I think, ultimately, Tyreek Hill will probably not be available to the Chiefs on week one. That it'll, after all this is said and done, be coordinated to where – they have their back and forth, and maybe the suspension is reduced. But I believe, similar to Ezekiel Elliott and players in the past, I believe Tyreek Hill will start the year on some level of a suspension. Yeah, the only difference there is Robert Kraft is on video, which 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 I don't want to see, which I don't want to see. By the way, yeah, I have to forget. Like, yes, there is video. Everyone pretty much knows it to be fact, and even Robert kind of, you know. Uh, apologized and hinted that's like, yeah, they got me. But, you know, he's not, it's not like he's going to be suspended from the league, or at least that's not what has been, you know, sort of speculated over the last couple of weeks. Even at the owners' meetings, he was attending, and it seemed like the league was ready to just move on because he had legally sort of done his deed, and that was going to be, you know, resolved over the next coming weeks. I, I mean, will Robert Kraft have some suspension? Will he be fined in some way? Will the team be fined? Um, that is just to be determined, but if none of those things happen, it's something for the Players Association to sort of weaponize uh, when they do have these discussions with Roger Goodell. All right, let's get Switch away. Let's here. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. They, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay, I, and I don't even want to talk about the drama and, and with Frank Clark either. I, I really don't. I, I, yeah, I, just, I mean, that, that, that technically too much. is like five years removed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, exactly. it, it, really, okay. it really is. So let's talk about, okay, the 29th pick, I love the I, I love the idea of going out and getting a guy that's a proven football player who could come in right away, fit really, really well in the 4-3 defense, a guy that we know can get to the quarterback. I believe he's had like 33 sacks over the last three or four years. He's right up there in the top ten at sacks uh, with all football players in that span. Uh, he's a tough, physical, mean football player that will fit great with Spags' defense. I think it's a no-brainer to bring in a guy who's 25 years old. You're going to pay him a bunch of money, but guess what? You have the money. You got to spend it anyways, Nate. Yep. So, talk to us a little bit about you. You brought this up, and I thought you were right on target when you said it. We talked about it last week a little bit about this. There was a little bit of smoke, but you were exactly right. You said there's a lot of smoke. I think it's going to happen, and it did. So, tell us what your gut feeling was, why you think it happened, and what the uh, the, the the thing that Frank Clark brings to this team. Yeah, and, and thank you, Tim. And, and I want to mention, like, what you just described with Frank Clark is, that, I mean, you're speaking the gospel. This is a situation where the Chiefs, based on my understanding and talking to a number of people involved with the transaction, was the idea that the Chiefs were looking at the draft, understanding that they needed still a, an elite pass rusher. So you move on from Justin Houston because his contract is too much based on his years of service and the fact that you think he's at the end of his, you know, the peak of his career. They didn't want to really pay D4 because he has an injury with his back. The idea of him being a slimmer version of a D, you know, a 4-3 defensive end that Steve Spagnuolo does not want. So you trade him for an additional pick. And guess what? 
you get to use one of those picks to now go get a guy that you really target that can fit the system well, who just so happens to be potentially on the market or at least on the trade block, like I mentioned yesterday with Sven Petro. So the idea is the Chiefs look at the draft, know where their need is, and know that they can't acquire that player at the 29th pick. So because you have additional picks, Brad Beach, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnola, and now Clark Hunt, who authorized the trade yesterday, they're willing to give up the late first round in order to get a guy that you mentioned is proven, who is determined, who is menacing on the football field. You, I encourage a lot of Chiefs fans to, to watch Frank Clark highlights, whether it's on YouTube or Game Pass or anything that you want to use that has good video. And even my buddy Seth Kaiser from The Athletic, who wrote a, a really good breakdown from a film tactical situation, I mean, Frank Clark's going to be the guy who's going to get off the quarterback right next to Chris Jones. And with Steve Spagnuolo having Mm -hmm. these stunts, with these exotic blitzes that he's going to be implementing into the defense, it's going to allow someone like Frank Clark, who has all the skill set, all the speed, all the tenacity, the strength, the bull rushing ability to get by anybody on an elite offensive line, this is this is what they decided that basically this makes better sense for us. We can pay him a, a, a good amount of money over the next three years with a ability to get out in the contract either in year four or year five. And the understanding that you were never going to get this type of player at the 29th pick, and you were never going to trade up in the draft to get a player of this caliber either. So you might as well get a guy who's entering the exact peak of his prime at the age of 26, who's going to get double digit sacks next year, and is going to make your defensive line that more stout when you get to January, when it really matters in the playoffs and trying to win the Super Bowl. All right, here's the deal. Bottom line, how much better does this Chiefs defense look now, not just with the addition of Clark, but you got Matthew, the whole crew. Mm-hmm. How much better do they look on paper than they finished up last year? Uh, quite, a, quite a bit. So if they were ranked 29th last year, I believe, statistically, by all the you know, total defense, if this team stays, if this unit, I should say, stays healthy, um, stays competitive, has a little bit of an unpredictability to them because, you know, there's no tape of Steve Spagnola with these type of players, it could be somewhere reaching top 10 if everything goes right. If they turn the ball over, if they get enough pressure on the opposing quarterback, if Tyron Matthew is a sort of Swiss Army knife that he has been, you know, labeled to be the next, you know, similar Eric Berry type player. Um, but yeah, they could they could be close to a top ten defense next year, and we've seen it in the past where statistically you could be at the bottom of one category, and in the NFL, and then next year you could be ranked in the teens, close to top ten, just because, like I mentioned before, you have new players, you have more guys who are going to be healthier over the career or the career of the season, I should say, and there's a bit of scheme matching the personality that gives you an advantage because teams just haven't seen it on tape over the course of four or five years, much like they had with Bob Sutton. So there's a chance that I think they could be like, what, top 10, top 12 defense, because as long as Patrick Mahomes on the offense keeps scoring points, that does give you some advantage to pin your ears back and go after the quarterback with the lead. Okay. Hey, Nate, we really appreciate your time, Nate. Before we let you go, will they make another trade? Will they try to trade up? Will they package some of those draft picks? Yeah, I I, I really like (laughs) it. Come on, Nate. Come on, you're the uh, you know you're the all-seeing one. <laughs> uh, you know, I was I was you know yesterday was I was pretty convinced that like a trade was going to happen involving Frank Clark. With I don't think they'll move up in the first round tomorrow. So unfortunately, Chiefs fans, you can probably watch 32 picks and not have to worry about your team. But there's a chance in the second, third, and maybe fourth rounds that they move somewhere, whether they move up or down. That's just that tends to be okay. 
Brett Beach's uh, MO and the idea is that they have targeted receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks in the middle of this draft. And if there's one available and they can kind of move up a couple spots, I think Brett Beach will pull the trigger and get that tight end, that cornerback, or that receiver that can help be a serviceable player for next year's team. Hey, just remember this, Nate. We were one stop, one play, I one know. penalty <laughs> off sides away from going to a Super Bowl. I think that this guy gives us the opportunity to take Make that, that next one step. play. Yep. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks all for coming on. I know, you, I know you. I know you're really, really busy this time of the year, man. Yeah. And uh, I'm really looking forward to reading your stuff and the uh, athletic about the draft and the Chiefs draft. You guys do a great job. You and Seth, all the whole crew. If you guys don't, I have the app. I have it on right now. Go get the athletic. It's awesome. So hey, thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, thank you, brothers. I appreciate it. All you right, bet. guys. We're Nate a- Taylor from the Athletic. I want to thank him really. He's so busy. Took it about twenty minutes with, it and that's really terrific. I really appreciate that, and I thank him a lot. Okay, gosh, we, I mean, we we need another hour for all the stuff we need to talk about, guys. We'll be back here in in a couple minutes. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the draft the coming the draft up, choices, and, yeah. you know where I think we think they're going to go and who they could possibly take in those picks. I do have a dark horse where I think the Chiefs are going to take. I'm gonna, so I'm going to give you my best poor man, Nate Taylor. Uh, 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 prognostication. All right, guys, we are at uh, 15165 West 119th Street in Olathe, right next to the GNC. We've had some people come in and get some uh, um, uh, CBD gum. Come on in. We have about another 20 minutes or so. Come on in get yourself some free CBD gum and put it in your golf bag and play like Tiger. You're listening to Crunch Time. Kansas City's hometown sports station. Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time. We are on the road again. Crunch Time Road Show like right here. Like a band of gypsies, we go to CBD stores. CBD American Shaman. Frank's my best friend. <laughs> oh, Wishing boy. that nope. we had some don't more CBD over here too product. close, okay? I know. It's Stay been a crazy over day. Stay chair on that side of the table, okay? Uh, don't forget here uh, today, two CBD American Shaman. Buy two 300 milligrams of water-soluble water or 300 milligrams of cloud and get one free. Plus, we still have some CBD gum to give away for some fine folks that walk through the door to join us. We're 15165 West 119th in Olathe, 66062. Next week, we'll be at we'll be in Overland Park at 100 and, or 10069 West 87th Street in OP, so we'll talk more about that as we go along. But go ahead. You know, leave it to a couple of city boys. You, we can't say these long. It's got to be like some street. Mine was you know? 7440. That was you know, really easy. Like Western yeah. Avenue, 10567. Like How could you ever forget Ben-Hur Street? Oh, How's that one? Gosh, Ben-Hur. <laughs> got to like that ben one. Ben-Hur. That <laughs> was, was, I don't get it. I don't ask. I don't, it's too long a story to had nothing to do with the movie either. So. Okay, so listen, we have the 61st pick, the 63rd pick. Okay, we'll separate those two. And then we have the 84th pick, which is in the fourth round. In the fifth round, we have 167. Separate those two. And then we have 201, 214, and 216. I think we'll trade at least one or maybe two of those picks. I think the Chiefs are going to trade up into the second round. I do think they want another fourth-round pick, too. So I would think that they're going to – bundle a bunch of sixth round picks and maybe the fifth round to get in the fourth round and and here's here's my here's my secret guy oh this is it all man. right this so is your in the this is it you're trying the, to pull a nate taylor on us. in, in the fourth here? round maybe or possibly be still there in the fifth round there's a hidden gem 
His name is Albert Higgins, and or excuse me, Albert Huggins. Albert Huggins, who was a let's so, make sure we draft the right guy. He was a okay. ba- <laughs> that happened. Let me tell you a story real quick. So uh, Albert uh, Huggins, who uh, was a backup defensive lineman for Clemson, number sixty-seven, who uh, it fits in perfectly as a pretty quick, solid run-stopping three technique. Who did a great job, but he's under the radar because he really didn't even start for Clemson because they had such. I mean, the, the Clemson guys are going in the first round. There's three of them going in the first round. And uh, powers powers that be over uh, at Arrowhead were talking about how they really, really like this kid. So I'm looking for him to get picked, maybe at 84 if they don't trade up, or 167. So look for Albert Huggins from Clemson, number 67, to be a Kansas City Chief next year. Okay, so for the uninformed, three technique. I mean, you throw out this yes. football term, a lot of people out there don't understand what a three technique well, that's is. Well, and, and thank you for uh, reminding me of that. With the 4-3 defense, guys, and you know what? And we're going to do clinic stuff on this show. Yeah, we will. Uh, starting in the summer, well, I'll break down defenses. I'll break down blitzes. I'll break down protections. I'll break down, you know, different run schemes, different pass schemes, all those kind of things. But I think that's really important to enjoy the game. you got to know more about it. So uh, in, a, in a 4-3 defense, you have a guy who plays in a three technique, which is the outside eye, usually strong. It could be weak. When it's strong, it's called an over. The over technique is a three technique over the strong guard. When it's an under, now that three technique shifts over to the weak side, over the weak side guard, and usually the strength is is predicated by the tight end or the multiple receivers to a side. So it's basically the three technique is the is the defensive lineman that lines up over on the outside eye of the guard. The one technique lines up on the center or the inside eye of the other guard. So those are the two guys in the middle, and usually the three technique used to be has to be a strong guy, but he has, has some athleticism, so he could slant and stunt and do the things that Spagnola likes to do, and this kid can do it. Okay, now what else do they need? Do you still have some positions of priority? I, I do. I, I do think that in, in the first uh, uh, first pick they're going to look for sixty uh, first pick. Sixty first okay. pick. Why are they messing with me here? This my thing is it keeps asking me if I want to join different networks here. Uh, I do like the corner position. Uh, I think they're going to go and try and find a corner uh, at that position. Uh, there is some depth at the position uh, after the first couple picks. Let me see if I can get that loaded back up again. I apologize. I don't know why it's not doing it. But after the first couple picks, uh, there's a couple guys, and one of them is a Notre Dame kid. I'm not just saying that because uh, yes, you are. Uh, because I'm a Notre Dame guy, but there's a Notre Dame kid who I think has a really an opportunity, and that's uh, uh, Devin Love, who uh, uh, is is a really a solid corner who shut down, basically shut down Clemson in the first quarter. They couldn't do anything against him when he went out. The whole thing. So I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go with a corner. Corner. And then I think that they're going to look at a running back. And I like the kid from Iowa State. I think the kid from Iowa State fits perfectly what the Chiefs want to do. Uh, and, and he's a kind of a poor man's uh, cream hunt. He could be, he could be better than cream hunt. You don't know, but right now, uh, skill wise, he's probably falling down in that third or fourth round. But he's a kid that really could help this team right away. And offensive line, you still think they need a center, correct? I think they need a center. And uh, once again, there's another guy that I think is going to fall down. Who was an, another? I hate to say another Notre Dame guy. I'm not saying that just because I went there, but Sam Mustafer is a, who is an All-American uh, center who hasn't really getting a lot of run. They could find him in the fifth or sixth round, mm-hmm. and he's a really, really smart football player, a very good athlete, uh, 
needs to get a little bit tougher at the point of attack, but a good athlete, and he makes the guys around him better. And that's one of the things I always told my centers, and I tell my son now. A good center makes everybody around you better because when you worry about the calls and you worry about what the offensive line is going to do as a whole in a position, then you hesitate, and hesitation kills. So if you have a good center who's communicating well and get, get people in the right spot at the right time, then you got a guy who could do a great job, and I think that, that, uh, that he could do that. Spoken like a true center right there. So, yeah, so what, you know, right. Frank, kind of a crazy week for us. I yeah, mean, it's been crazy. Uh, I hope we don't have this kind of drama next week. Next week we'll have on uh, uh, Justin Houston. Or Justin, Justin Houston, Hoover. Justin Hoover. Wow. Justin Hoover, who uh, was the uh, uh, quarterback guru for, for, uh, for Locke. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, mm-hmm. and he'll be at the table, so he's going to talk to us a little bit about the whole yeah. process. He's so in Nashville right now. He's with Drew Locke, and yes, he will he be is. at the table with Drew Locke as he's in the green room. Don't forget, next week, 7 to 8 o'clock, live again. It will be the Crunch Time Road Show at CBD American Shaman, Overland Park, 10069 West 87th Street in Overland Park, 66212. I want to thank Nate Taylor from The Athletic for joining us. Don't forget to go there. He is writing up a story as we speak. On Tyree Kill. You've been listening to Crunch Follow the Chiefs right here on your home for the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Sports Radio 810 WHB.